Hello everybody and welcome to Broomwagoon, your weekly dose of bicycle, bicycle people, bicycle stories. Broomwagoon, yes, because I like to say Broomwagoon, even if everybody is telling me Broomwagon. Broomwagon. How do you like it better? Broomwagoon or Broomwagon? Let me know. Let me know at my email address. Hello at calamaro.cc. Yes, that's my email. Or Twitter account, twitter.com slash readcalamaro. Or you can always watch at my picture at my Instagram account, instagram.com slash calamarocc. For sure, you saw my amazing weekend last weekend that I spent in Mallorca. It was great. I want to go there so badly. The bicycle that I've ridden was amazing. The kit was amazing. I'm talking about Isadore stuff. And also I was riding with my cycle computer. I'm talking about Wahoo element that connected with a snap. Boom. To all the sensor that makes your riding easier and better. I'm talking about heart rate sensor, speed sensor, cadence sensor and power meter. Also the power meter, it was so easy to connect it to my head unit. It was great. But let's move on. Let's move on and talk about the interview that I'm having today. Today I'm interviewing Rhys Howell. You will understand which kind of person he is. He's a great talker, he's a great rider and we had a lot of fun talking about bicycle stuff, suggestions, comments, recommendations. We also talked about Mallorca, because he has been in Mallorca a lot of times, and we talked about the Etap to Tour, because we are going to do the Etap to Tour together this year. Enjoy the talk and enjoy the interview. Talk to you later. And another day and another day of interviews and uh, just small of records. Today I'm in front of the super new interface of Zencaster. It's a cool thing, guys. But that's not the point. I'm today here with uh, another person, another amazing character to interview. I'm here together with Riz. How Riz, are you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you today? Yeah, super good. Actually, I always care to mess up with the names of the people. So now, just to put myself in the public shame, I'm going to say your name and surname, and let's see how much I will mess up. You, uh, your name and surname complete is Rhys Owell. Is it true? Is it correct? It sounds good. I prefer the way you say it, actually, because um, you didn't pronounce the H. And uh, in Germany, they would say Rhys Hovel. Okay. Uh, you did pretty good. Yeah, I give you, uh, give you probably eight. 0.5 out of 10. Ah, okay, great, great, great. You didn't know so I was uh, judging you, but... Uh... No, 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 makes sense. But so it's Reis, not Reis. No, it is Reis, but the German, oh, perfect. the Germans, Indians, anyone else, they always pronounce Reis because it's a confusing a name when it's written down. So, yeah, great. Okay, perfect. So, yeah, why have uh, are you here, my guest, in this interview today? I can say it, but I would prefer you to introduce or introduce yourself and which one is your relationship with bicycles and stuff. Sure. So, um, so as you know, I live in Berlin. I am a Rafa ambassador here in Berlin. Uh, I've been here for just over a year and rapidly in that time have been busy weaving my way in and out the, the city on my bike. Um, and then before that, I was uh, working at Canyon Bicycles, so I have um, a pretty good idea of how the industry works in Germany. So that's how we ended up talking. Yeah, perfect. Actually, just a bit of background. We got to meet because a couple of, some time ago, I remember one, probably a couple of months ago, I was arguing about um, coffee at the Rafa store here in Berlin. 
I really like to be polemic, sorry. And then actually, uh, we were already kind of in contact on the social media and whatever. And then you answered me talking about Rocket Espresso, Rocket Espresso. And then we started talking about, ah, oh, yeah, you know, but the point is coffee against tea and blah, 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 all this stupid stuff. And then at a certain point, we said, okay, why don't we stop to get a coffee together? And maybe we can talk and say something about bicycle and maybe also coffee in my podcast. And then enthusiastically, you said, well, why not? And that's why we are here here actually talking today and uh, as I was saying it's a super super great pleasure but and then you were saying actually that you are here Ralph ambassador uh, here in Berlin but I would say in general you had been working on uh, with Canyon bicycle before so you are really really into bicycle in general but how the Reese cyclist was born yeah so I guess I've always been riding bikes throughout my life, but throughout some, some period, I guess, when I was uh, at university and then moving to London, I was kind of too afraid to like ride a bike for a long time. Uh, so I ended up kind of accidentally getting into running. I, I got a, a place in the London Marathon uh, sort of by accident. I just thought, oh, I can do that. Got a place and really got into running. And then after several years of running, I got bored of that. And was like, oh, I'm going to do triathlon, and joined. Uh, did did a, the sprint distance with um, some colleagues at the time, and then after I did that, I was like, oh, I, you know, I borrowed a friend's bike and absolutely loved it. And I was like, I can do the whole thing. And and then I decided I was going to buy a road bike in order to to do a triathlon. And then after that, I absolutely died in the swim. And I remember getting on the bike and just had this sensation of I'm home. And it was like this, it was this really uh, poignant moment. I've, I've never felt that way uh, about getting on a bike again, but it was just this feeling of like, I'm home. And then after that, I kind of went back home and was like, I'm not going to do any more swimming and I'm probably not going to do any more running and I'm just going to cycle. And for me, I was really lucky because my neighbor at the time, who ended up being one of my best friends, he was really into cycling. He really knew some areas in London and he was a great person to ride with. At the same time, I was really involved in the startup scene. There was this group called Tech Bikers and we were raising money for charity and we were riding from Paris to uh, London. And so I got to do this with a great group of people and... Yeah, and I joined Islington Cycling Club, who were nearby, and all of a sudden, you know, I was doing cycling all the time, so, and it kind of overtook everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can completely understand the point. And uh, you were telling me in our coffee meeting that we had that you were actually doing a lot. We are going to talk a bit more in detail about these kind of things in the future, but you were doing a lot of these challenges also, uh, let's say, races and also the charity rides that you were telling me. Uh how did it happen actually? And more that how did it happen actually, you told me already, but which one would you define the most um, enriching and challenging, I would say? I mean, definitely the hardest ride I ever did was the uh, Liege Beston Liege, um, the full distance. It was 272 kilometers and it was like just about four and a half thousand meters of elevation. And it took us like 12 hours. It was dark when we started. It was dark when we finished. When we got back 
they were already packing up. Uh, Crazy. So it was really like this. It was a massive anticlimax, uh, to be honest, to finish that. But I mean, the whole ride, I felt terrible. I had sort of all the emotions. I wanted to quit. I didn't want to do it. And that was only by the time we we're at Baston. So that was only halfway there. Through the ride, and oh my, yeah, it was just really emotional. The other one we talked about was the Maratona, which was easier because it was just beautiful and sunny. So it made the pain and suffering a little bit easier to bear. But Liège was, I just kind of left that and was like, I'm never doing that again. Okay, talking about actually all your experience, how long have you been riding? Let's say after, okay, you were saying okay, you had been riding, you were riding for the all your when you were young for all the time, but then you started again after your experience with triathlon and whatever. But how long now the experience is only bicycle as a sport? Yeah, so like being really serious about cycling, it's probably been about, I would say about six years which is, is really not that long, but quite often is the case when I get into something, I just fully dive into it. So I, it doesn't feel like it's been six years. It feels like it's been like 60 years. <laughs> Okay, okay. Oh, yesterday is the same. Yeah, exactly. And uh, in this six year, how would you define your style of cycling? So you would, I don't know, I don't want to go in categories that are a bit, a bit too much for us that we are just something like amateurs on cycling. But anyways, would your, your skills are more in the uphill or uh, in uh, the flat or just in something like something that changed or would you define yourself as no rounder? by a cyclist yeah so i mean living in london and britain as a whole most of the climbs you know were short and steep and that was always what i kind of prided myself on on tackling so these really short steep climbs this is part of the reason why we did liege because it was kind of this sort of uh, yeah. thing uh then when i moved to koblenz to work at canyon you know there were longer climbs and i kind of changed the way I cycled to kind of take into these, these longer climbs. Um, and now moving to Berlin, it's, as you know, it's, it's dead flat. There are, there's hardly any hills. So I had to change my style again to be uh, much like quicker on the flats and not worry about going uphill so much. So I would still say at my heart, you know, I'm kind of the punchier rider who likes those short, steep climbs. I just don't get to do that anymore, so I've had to kind of adapt to, to how I ride. But they're the ones I really enjoy doing. Yeah, I have to make you the, yeah to ask you this question, by the way. But feel free to answer or not answer. But I think that because you are not really working for Canyon anymore, you can tell me which one actually was your favorite bike to ride. <laughs> And how many bicycles did you have? And so which one was your favorite one? I mean, my definitely my favorite bike to ride is my current one. So it's lucky for Canyon, uh, which is my uh, Canyon Aeroad um, CFSLX. I mean, the moment I saw it, I fell in love with it. And it was definitely not the cheapest bike to buy. Um, I, it's more bike than I need. Uh, there's no way in hell that I need like a Dura-Ace DI2 group set, but okay. I absolutely adore it. So it's it's definitely the most fun bike I, I've, I've ever ridden, for sure. Yeah, I can understand actually. For now, I just I have just I just rode that bicycle just once for a test. It was in the Farah Show two years ago. And uh, I have been seeing it and continue seeing it for 
um, long time right now. But yeah, I completely understand. It's a stunning bicycle and uh, so responsive. It's so great. Yeah. Going back to the ridden cycling, then uh, you were saying that actually you move for your different cities, and so your passion spread out in all the different cities. You were um, first of all in uh, in UK riding over there. Then you moved to Koblenz, so uh, mountains or whatever. And now you are here in Berlin riding your bicycle how do you like and how would you define which one is the main characteristic of cycling life here in berlin and uh, yeah generally for me it's fast and furious um okay you know i've never i've never ridden as fast in my entire life as i have done <laughs> with my friends and people i know here in berlin so it's definitely one aspect of it i mean you don't have to ride like that and What's also amazing is because it is so flat, you can go really far. Um, so doing a 200-kilometer ride, you, can, you can ride to Poland and back in the day, and it's just an amazing experience. And the whole area around Berlin is amazing. It's so fun to explore. There's so many like, abandoned buildings. There's just woodlands. There's these amazing bike paths which just weave in and out of them. You can go off-road, ride gravel, mud. Uh, through the lakes, there's so many lakes in this area, like there is just so much to um, explore in this area and there's so much history just hidden away and quite often just crumbling and unguarded in the woodlands, uh, which makes discovering Berlin and, and Brandenburg uh, just so much fun basically yeah and here then also this question is uh, i'm exactly it's actually mandatory for me to ask you this question which one is your uh, common ride and favorite ride the ride that you are doing more often here in berlin well i mean that's really heads uh, it's a toss-up between riding the uh havel chassis in grunewald is obviously very popular um, or riding to the to the Burr Airport, so just doing a loop along the uh, along the canal, along the Krona, because you know there's no traffic going that way. So if you really want a fast ride, you can do it. It's not the most enjoyable, like scenery-wise, and it's not the most interesting. But there's just zero traffic, so that one's really great. And then of course the Grunewald ride is um, also just it's got the hills. In inverted commas. So I love that. I love going around the Wannsee. There's some, there's some beautiful roads on the other side, um, just after Potsdam. I think near Clodau is um, there's a little stretch there. It's just there's kind of like rolling hills, and it's just really quiet and peaceful. Um, that's a great little area. And there's another little patch just after the Muggelsee when you're heading out towards Holly's Cake Cafe. Um, there's a stretch you have to go through to get there, basically, and again, it's just very quiet, smooth roads, um, just one of these small little pockets in Berlin where it's just perfect. Um, and there's a few little places like that dotted around where, you know, if I have, if I want to go for a slightly longer ride, then I'll always build it into my ride because it's so enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, I can see the point. And actually another question, still talking about cycling in Berlin right now. How uh, your riding in Berlin changed since when the Rafa Cycling Club started opening the doors here in the city? Yeah, so um, I was doing a lot of riding either by myself, you know, like, because we talked about when I was in Koblenz, there was, even though I worked for a cycling company, there wasn't many people to ride bikes with, uh, which... Mm -hmm. Um, seems like a bit of a uh, contradiction, but that was the case. So I had to kind of adapt to 
riding with people again. And luckily I already knew a few people here and we'd go for rides. Um, there's a standard bike shop where they also do the Thursday uh, Feierabend Runde. And this is like a really yes. great training ride. Yeah, the the riding as much as you're bombing the roads. Exactly, it's <laughs> that's the thing. Going as fast exactly, as you can. Yeah, right it's there. a real hell raiser. Um, yeah, but uh, I mean, I've had some of the most fun rides um, doing that one. So I had to really get used to yeah riding with with people again. Um, but I've lo I've loved it actually because uh, yeah, it's something where I've just had to kind of adapt and. Uh, now I very rarely go out riding by my by myself, um, but when I do, I absolutely love it. But that's become more true now. I have a real routine with the, with the Rafa Clubhouse um, because we always have the Wednesday early rides. We have rides on Saturdays and Sundays, and there's a real group of regular people who come out who just love cycling. So um, yeah, it's been really great now that Rafa's uh, joined. It feels like it's kind of like a complete set of rides throughout the week yeah, yeah 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 i can see the point actually it's the same for me even if i'm not joining usually the the rafa uh, the rafa rides but also for me berlin is a bit more riding in groups and uh, have really a setup on rides that i'm doing obviously in group usually i have my night ride for now that is winter my night ride on wednesday then i have my cross ride on saturday and my other group ride on sunday morning it's kind of everything is scheduled everything is there and everything is something like pretty pretty social that's the thing that i really appreciate uh, of riding here in this city because there are so many groups so many cyclists so many passionate cyclists and people over there that you can really change every single day riding with different group and reading uh, riding different uh, path and have a lot of fun so for me cycling in berlin is really a social experience do you think it's the same yeah absolutely i mean it's it's it's, it's amazing and um yeah there's always someone to to go riding with uh if, if you want to and that's again that's the other good thing about the clubhouse um is that you, it's a good way to meet other people who maybe you would otherwise just see out riding a bike and not know to speak to them, but it kind of acts as like a focal point for meeting new people. So, um, and the same goes for the, the Fire Abundwunder rides, you know, I met so many people um, and they're now, you know, they're now friends. So especially when you come to a city and you don't, I only knew a few people, The bike has enabled me to just you know, meet so many amazing people um, in the city in a way which, you know, I would struggle to do otherwise. So I'm definitely, uh, yeah, I'm into my social rides uh, now. And now I have a good group of friends, um, some of who which I'm racing with this season who, you know, I know I can just go out and we can do a really hard ride if we want or we can just do like a social ride with a bigger group. You know, I have those options, which is amazing. Okay, then that's the super direct question. Are you gonna? So today, wait a second, because I'm recording. We are recording right now. Today is uh, um, Tuesday, 27th of February. Outside are minus eight degree. Are you gonna ride tomorrow morning for the for the early bird ride, Rafa? Uh, I am actually not on this occasion. I've decided for the exact opposite. I'm going to do hot yoga instead. Okay, okay, makes sense. This is actually the thing that drives me directly to the other thing. Because on this weekend, so I'm talking about the 2nd of March, I'm going to fly to Mallorca. And I know that you have some great tips that you can give me. 
give me some tips about my riding back in the sun in Mallorca, stuff that I can do at the end sure. of this well, week. Well, I hope the weather changes for you. I checked before we spoke, I checked the weather in Mallorca and it looks like it's also very cold. Yeah, I, I was checking actually around 10 degrees. Yeah, well, I mean, 10 degrees is going to feel like it's the middle of summer compared to Berlin. So yeah. That's the point. I, I'm checking it right now. <laughs> you've got it. I'm sure you've got like a tab open that you're always checking. I mean, I would, I'd be the same. So... Yeah, I mean, um, the the climb, you know, there's amazing places to go and see all around Mallorca, but like, for me, it's all about the climbing uh, in the north. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, saying like, probably my favorite climb that I've ever done um, is this climb called the Col de Sabatala, um, which is just north of Selva. You head out to Caimari. And then you just uh, then you hit this hit this climb and it's uh, it's not too steep. Um, it's got loads of switchbacks which move you up through the um, through the woodlands, and then it chills out a bit and you kind of skip through a little bit. And then before you know it, you end up coming out into this basically huge sort of I don't know how to describe it like a, a ravine. It's like all of a sudden you know, there's this huge cliff drop and you have this flat section which you can just kind of like. You can regain yourself if you're going chasing those ever important Strava comms, and you can just time trial it across this amazing kind of open space. And then you go back and you find some more switchbacks, uh, which you follow all the way up until you end up at the very top of this kind of, of the climb, which is where this kind of really iconic gas station is, and there's a little cafe there. And it's a great place to kind of stop and meet other cyclists because it's kind of like this focal point between. Uh, yeah, Pugmayor, which is the highest point, and the climb up from there from Sola. And then you have Sacalobra in another part. And then you have like the other road down to Palenza. So this is kind of like the little bit in the middle. Yeah, this was like my one piece of advice. Like, And you have to obviously then continue on and do Sacalobra because it's just such an epic descent first and then and then climb. You have to basically do all of them and ideally in one ride because it's, it will end up being the best ride you've ever done, I would say. Okay, I'm going to dig into your Strava account then and try to double check if, uh, yeah, when you did it so I can put it also in my uh, task, let's say, task book to do it all in one day. I will try to survive, by the way, but yes. You have to do it because now I'm going to be following you on Strava, as are your listeners. And they're going to be checking on you mm -hmm. to make sure that you, <laughs> to make sure. Fortunately, fortunately, I'm going to put actually this episode live oh, after I've been there already. So people can directly say, look at this coward here. He didn't that's do so it. so sneaky. <laughs> Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. That's why I actually planned all the stuff, all this episode in that way, so nobody can judge me. Or better, they can do it before without putting so much pressure on my shoulders. Okay, well, then we will be able to judge you. Uh, we'll have the evidence in front of us whilst listening to this. I think I can say that you can do it straight away. <laughs> well, now I'm excited. Now I'm excited so, yeah. to see how you get on, and at least you will have to have a chat when you get back, so I can. I can get your feedback. And uh, yeah, so this is going to be actually my near future of myself riding, but in my near future, there's going to be also the Maratona that you told me you did it a couple of times already. I did or it just, just one. once, yeah, a couple of years ago. Okay. Give me also there a couple of tips, where to push and where not to push. Uh, okay, I would say from my experience, the Maratona is very easy until the last two climbs, which just so happened to be the hardest. Uh, 
Okay. Ah, yeah. <laughs> like I remember going around and just be like, "Oh my god, this is this is fine." And then you get to this. You basically do that first section is one loop um, of the of the smaller climb. So you do that, and then you you go up. Um, uh, I think it's the Passa Campanolo. You go up there, and then you go down, and then you go then you hit the Passa Jao, which. I already knew was a tough climb because I'd watched, I'd done my research, you see, I'd watched it on, on YouTube. And, um, but it didn't really prepare me for it because it's, it averages, I think, 9.1% or something like this for 10 kilometers. But the difference is, is that it's, unlike most climbs, there's no undulation. It's just that steep the whole time, except for these little bridges, which, go over this stream which runs down the middle and when we hit it it was about 40 degrees c Oof, okay there is, uh, there's no trees there's no shadows you can hide in so you can't you know you think because it's closed roads i can just weave to the other side of the road you're like well no there's nowhere to hide Up, you know, near the top there's this tunnel you can go through but by that time i was already spent um so yeah, it's 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 totally brutal. And then you think once you've got over the Zhao, you're like, oh, I'm home. But then you have another climb, and then even then, when you there's a feed station which isn't at the top, mm-hmm. so it's at the, like the top of the hardest bit. But then there's still like a I don't know how many. There's maybe like a kilometer max, maybe less, more to go climbing even after that. So. But then once you're over that, then you can then you can descend <laughs> in, you head back to the beginning. And they have this last climb, which is really like a it's really like a Liège climb. It's called the Mur de Gat, I think. Um, okay. Yeah, that's the Gatto, one, yeah. 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 You pronounce it much better than I did. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this one is really steep, but you know when you're when you're that close to finishing uh, it's easy. Like you just find the energy. So, so I think. I mean, yeah, you're 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 totally. You'll be fine. The 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 bit that also you need to be aware of is that when you start, basically there's photographers on the very first climb, and everyone <laughs> slows down to try and get a photo. So sometimes you can find yourself at like that's really compacted. Sometimes people stop and they can't unclip and they fall over. Uh, that bit's complete chaos, but after that first climb, it, it breaks up and, and you, you're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks a lot. It's pretty actually cool to listen to some tips and tales about the past marathon. So at least I will be a bit prepared and I will remember your voice over there and probably I will swear because it's going to be everything uh, tougher that you just described over here. But I think it's always a good thing actually to listen to these things. And another thing that you're going to do this year and I'm going to do it as well. Actually, I'm going to do this year. You're going to do it as well. It's going to be the etap to tour. So how are you preparing for it? Because for me, I have not been preparing anything. I just having watch. I'm watching something like I just watch one video about uh, um, Col de la Croix de Fer, mm-hmm. and Col de Colombière still didn't. Uh, they still did not. So I will see. But which one are your feelings for this etap du tour? And uh, yes, oh. how are you preparing for it? Yeah. So I think on this one, I'm just going to have to prepare basically um, riding Zwift. Uh, because mm. it's the only way I can get any preparation for 
climbing hills basically i mean i just did the uh zwift um national championships um on saturday and this was this was more climbing it was like 600 meters of elevation that's more climbing than i've done like in any ride so this was actually it was pretty good practice people say that like indoor training is not you know, it doesn't they don't think it's helpful for them or why ride inside when you could just ride outside in this instance, I think it's going to be vital for me, to be honest, to practice uh, climbing uh, because it's really hard to, to kind of uh, emulate that that resistance. So uh, obviously this year I've already done way more cycling than I've ever done at the beginning of the year. And that's that's because I have made the bold step to start racing this year. Um, which is probably more foolish than uh, Bray, but I just thought, why not? It's something new, I'm gonna give it a go. And so hopefully this will help just condition my body a bit better. It's not gonna help with the climbing, but hopefully I'll be a bit fitter, so. Yeah, now I want to know more about your racing this year. You kicked off the conversation. I want to do it before, but no, now you did it. You oh, to okay. Tell me more about your club, about your racing season, and then, and then, and then. Okay, yeah, so at the end of last year, I decided to do this crit. Uh, it's called the SBSB crit, and um, it was absolutely brutal. Uh, it was fast, wet, muddy. There was a load of cobbles. It was the ride, or the crit organized by the standard exactly, guys, right? Yeah, standard, standard bicycles and stone brewing. So it's right where, it's right where the stone brewery is. It was horrendous. I mean, it was a lot of fun, but it really hurt. And uh, for some reason, I just decided that actually the pain was worth it. And um, some guys that I knew that I'd been riding with, they just said, hey, why don't you race with us uh, next year? And I was like, okay. You know, it's like one of those things where it's just like, oh, there's the London Marathon. Oh, I can do that. It was the same sort of decision. You're just like, yeah, okay, I'll give it a try. So, um, yeah, so next, well, it's this season, I'll be racing for Bielefeld Zugvogel. Um, so Bielefeld's interesting. It's a place that doesn't actually exist, or at least so the ro rumor goes. And what's even more interesting is that the whole road team is based in Berlin. Uh, I've never been to Bielefeld. Um, so it's kind of a bit weird, but we're based here, but there you go. So we're like the international, um, racing team for, for Bielefeld and, uh, yeah, there's, there's six of us and the first race is in, on March 11th. So coming up pretty soon. Uh, the March 11th already? Yeah, already. Wow. Okay. Okay. Do you feel prepared for it? Uh, I, no, <laughs> I couldn't probably. <laughs> You would always say no, I believe, but... Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I can see the thing. Yeah, good luck for it. I think you're going to smash a lot of successes over there. Thank you. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, pretty sure about it. So yeah, it's going to happen and it's going to be for sure a lot of fun. But nothing will help you apart from Swift, as you were saying, to smash the Etape du Tour this year. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I say, yeah, it's going to help. It always helps me to look at climbs uh, on YouTube. You know, it's useful to do like a recce even if you can't like literally do it and it's useful to kind of picture certain points on a climb in your mind so if i can tell this is where i think um mike cotty's coal collective is pretty useful because he just does the climb and so i you know i can watch these on youtube and then at least try and picture where i am and remember it and it just helps break down the the long climbs into more manageable kind of mental chunks basically okay then uh, i will 
actually finish our conversation here saying another thing. So you set up already, and I did it as well, by the way. Uh, we set up already the challenges for 2018, but I challenge you putting another, let's say, milestone for your 2019. I think it's going to be the case because already we had the convers this conversation to remember if you remember it. But actually, I believe that yourself in 2019 should be riding the Tour de Flanders. Oh, you've just picked that for me, have you? Yeah, I don't know. We had this conversation on Twitter some time ago, oh, and yeah. actually, uh, I don't remember who was talking about what and whatever, and I was saying, okay, yeah, I did it two times in a row, and uh, uh, right. you were saying, yeah, you know, I did also the Liege-Basson-Liege or whatever. I think that if I understood actually your passion for bicycle and uh, uh, iconic rides and iconic cliffs and whatever, I believe that doing the tour de flanders for you will be epic and uh, as i was saying i did it two times in a row it's something really amazing amazing and i actually discovered an emotional side of myself while i was uh climbing on the old aquariumont and uh, it's a spirit and an experience that sh you should try once and uh, yeah so that's what i said put it in your 2019 calendar 2019 absolutely i want to do flanders The, the, the classics are also, I mean, they are, they're not the nicest ones. They are obvious as part of their allure, you know. Um, they're ones where you really have to like drag yourself uh, to sort of do them. But when you do them, they're, they're incredible. So absolutely, I want to do, I want to do Flanders. I mean, I want to do all the classics, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I had the same feeling. I remember that when I did the first time the Tour de Flanders, I was saying, okay, before starting, I was saying, okay, next one is going to be the Paris-Roubaix. Then after climbing, not climbing, but just downhill, going descending from uh, uh, on these cobblestones, the sands or whatever, I said, no way. I'm not going to do it also because going 40, 45 kilometers per hour, on the cobblestones is something that is really brutal it's not possible but on the other side jump into my mind actually the idea of doing the liege next year so there you go we'll swap we can swap on the direction i don't think i'm going to do the 270 anyways but oh no 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 you have to do the 270 because then we can exchange war stories okay on the other side i would never suggest you to do the 230 i think so the long one of uh yeah 230 i think is, uh, is around and uh, of the tour de flanders because it's really unuseful it's impossible if you are doing the 140 you are doing exactly all the climb or the tour de flanders without losing your time on going from antwerp to um yeah to the starting okay. point actually of the other one uh just on a flat tarmac road it's really unuseful just start with the 135 and uh, that one is going to be great you have a really good balance of climbs cobblestones all the walls are there so every, everything really all the quarrymont is there Koppenberg is there everything is there and uh, you're gonna have way more fun i can tell you i i fully take your advice on that not forgetting the great beer afterwards that's the point it's that's something that really brings me there brought me there every year because it's important you know this kind of the season of the um, of the classic is in april april is a pain in the ass because uh, you are not fully prepared because you cannot really train for there weather is really really something like i don't know you have to bet and you can say okay maybe this year is not gonna rain and it's gonna rain or whatever so it's always a huge variable the weather it's cold most of the time but on the other side you have amazing cobblestones amazing people you have the professional one the day after 
and you have great beers. What do you want more? Bicycle, cobblestones, beers and France. Amazing. Yeah, incredible. A little bit of sunshine is always, um, you hope for it. Uh, but if it doesn't come, there's kind of a little bit inside of you where it goes like, I hope it rains, you know, so I get to have the full suffering. That's the kind of, you know, cyclists are kind of sick like that. So uh, that's what I had at Liège. I took my summer kit because it had been sunny at Amstel Gold the weekend before. And then I took my winter kit as well, thinking, yeah, I better take it just in case. And then, and I had to wear my winter kit and then buy another jacket at the start. Yeah. Really? For, yeah, for Liège, it was, it was absolutely horrendous weather. Okay, so windy, rainy, everything you can put on. Yeah, it was, it was a classic, you know, a cla I don't want to say, it's a classic classics. Uh, right, you know, it, so, it is, it is, we can yeah. say it. <laughs> okay, cool. Dan Riss, it was really a great pleasure to talk with you. Actually, I can give you some uh, another couple of minutes if you want to add something on this wonderful chat that we had. I just can't wait for uh, the sunshine to, 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 come, to come to Berlin because uh, I feel like every you know, I feel like I've been a year here and I just have like unfinished business with uh, like going off and exploring and. On Strava, you have this option to like look at your, your global heat map. And I really love to kind of like zoom in and look at all the areas which are slowly turning blue and then red. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna, got some interesting rides planned, some more rides to Poland, um, uh, riding up to the ocean, um, thinking of organizing some rides from like Rafa clubhouses. So maybe like, Berlin to Amsterdam or Berlin to Copenhagen uh, and some of these ones which are slightly more like bikepacking or or gravel more gravel inspired uh, so I'm kind of looking forward to the weather to, to to improve just so I can start doing more of these just more exploring I guess so <laughs> yeah that's actually a hope that all of us living in Berlin uh, have into our hearts Let's try, let's try and let's find some sunshine because this year is all the time. Actually, in these days, it's actually sunny, but minus seven degrees, as I was saying. So yeah, not the perfect situation of riding your bicycle, but it's going to come. As I was saying, it's going to come. Spring is going to come and it's going to be amazing as usual. And I, I'm British, so then I'll be complaining that it's too hot. <laughs> No, for sure, for sure. And you cannot complain either if it's going to be too, too rainy. No, exactly. Okay then, thanks a lot, Rhys. It was a great fun to have you here, and uh, yes, let's talk again and uh, let's have some rides together here in Berlin. And to everybody, just check all the amazing rides that Rhys is going to organize and do here in the surrounding of this city, amazing cycling city like Berlin. Absolutely, is. yeah, it's great talking to you, and uh, hopefully, get to meet more people to to ride with. And you'll of course have to join on one of them, if not all of them. You are too fast for me, guys. <laughs> we can push. <laughs> but I will do. I will try. I will try once. And then if it's completely something like this, I will com be completely lost. Okay, I can ride by myself and try to recover and go back home maybe with the Esman. No, it's like uh, the SAS. No one gets left behind. Okay, that's lovely. Then I can exactly. do that. Exactly. <laughs> okay, man. Thanks a lot. It was a pleasure. All right. Catch you later. Thanks, Riz. It was really great to have this talk. And we're going to talk again in front of an amazing coffee pretty pretty soon. Now I have to speed up, you don't want to listen to my voice for such a long time. Contact me, hello at calamara.cc, that's my email. 
twitter.com slash readcalamaro, that's my Twitter account, and instagram.com slash calamarosisi, that's my Instagram account. Don't forget to look and search for Broom Vagoon on the Apple Podcast application. Look for Broom Vagoon and hit the subscribe button. As well, you can hit the subscribe button also on Spreaker, spreaker.com slash listencalamaro. Still, thank you to the support of Wahoo and Isador, and talk to you next week. Bye, mates. <laughs>